Hi, good morning, everybody. And uh, I just am so appreciative of God because this morning I want to talk about how great God's mercy and grace is for us. And I think it's, it's quite a, a fitting time for us to, to look at that this morning and for us to draw from that for our own lives. But what are the things that, that you know you have to do but in your heart, you'd prefer to do something else. You know, maybe clean your room, maybe do ironing, uh, going to work on, or school on Monday morning. That While there's things that we know we must do, there are also things in our hearts that we'd rather do. And Martin spoke last week in, in our uh, Gentle and Lowly series about, the, about God the Father being the Father of mercies. And during a Bible study we were having during lockdown, uh, someone made the observation that it seems as though that, that God in the Old Testament was angry and it seemed as though kind of he chilled out with Jesus. And the question is, this morning is, is God at heart more naturally merciful or just? And this morning, I want to briefly look at two stories in the Bible that demonstrate God the Father's heart of mercy in the Old Testament and Jesus' same heart in the New Testament. Now there's a number of stories in the Old Testament that we could draw upon, but I want us to look at the book of Jonah. If you want to turn, if you've got your Bibles, the book of Jonah, if you, it's at the very end of the Old Testament. If you start at Matthew, you can kind of come back a little bit. It's a number of those shorter books at the end. You also see it come up on the screen, but Jonah was a prophet. And in the Old Testament, a prophet was God's messenger to enforce God's law. But Jonah was quite a reluctant messenger. And, and if you were looking at someone who for, as God's man for the job, you'd be probably questioning whether he's the right man for the job. But we read here in Jonah chapter 1, it begins there that says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. That's quite weird, Tarshish. Nineveh was described as a great city. And they say that if you were to try to walk across it, that it would take you three days to walk across it. It was also known as the city of bloodshed. And God saw the evil of that city and sent Jonah to speak judgment to it. But instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah fled the exact opposite direction, taking a ship to Tarshish. It's like saying, like, like God was saying, go to London, and he picked up a ship and went to Aberdeen. The, the Lord stirred the winds upon the sea, and a massive storm came upon the ship, causing the crew to cast lots, which was a little bit like they drew straws of who was to blame. And the lot fell to Jonah. Jonah drew the short straw. And when he confessed that he'd been running from God, they tossed him overboard. And instead of allowing Jonah to drown, the Lord caused a giant fish to swallow him. So the fish had Jonah and chips for Friday dinner. Now, what does this story teach us? First of all, even though Jonah did the complete opposite of what God said, Jonah still showed, God still showed Jonah mercy. 
It's worth noting that even though this story we could see is about God's judgment of Nineveh, yet a big part of it is God's mercy shown to Jonah. You see, mercy is showing compassion and kindness to someone when it's in your right to punish or harm. Mercy is the withholding of punishment we rightfully deserve. And that's related to grace in in that it's receiving the good that we do not deserve. And I thank God for his mercy and grace for us in our lives today. Amen. So how does God show mercy to Jonah? First of all, he showed mercy by pursuing Jonah, even though Jonah was running away. The wind, the casting of lots were all God's circumstances of him following after Jonah. The ship crew were trying to figure out what's going on with this storm. And finally, Jonah puts up his hand and says, sorry, it's me. I'm running from God. My bad, you know, so to speak. But even in Jonah's rebellion, God didn't give up on him, but pursued him. It's the truth in the song that we sing. Oh, no, you never let go through the storm and through through the calm and through the storm. And I don't know about you, but there's times when I know the circumstances I find myself in. God's trying to get my attention. And I'm so appreciative that that in, in days past that God never left me to myself, never left me in what I was in, but showed great mercy to me. He's not letting me go. Like with Jonah in our circumstances, God's pursuit is for more of our hearts. But secondly, we see from the story that God causes a giant fish to swallow him. He could have left him to drown. For three days, Jonah is trapped in the belly of the fish where he prayed to the Lord. And fortunately, we don't even have to guess what Jonah's prayer was because actually it says in Jonah 2, we get a glimpse of Jonah's response to the Lord. He says in verse 2, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me out of the belly of Shoal. That was, that was language of the depth of the earth. I cried and you heard my voice. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the root of the mountains. Again, just another picture of the very roots of the mountains being the very depths of the sea. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into, the holy, into your holy temple. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Now we can read from this, obviously, that Jonah's prayer was clearly about his plight in the depths of the sea. But it speaks to us of the message of the gospel. Not leaving us to what we deserve, God sent Jesus to die on the cross, and for three days he went down into the depth. But God raised him up from the grave as a perfect sacrifice for you and I, defeating death and hell. And we were drowning in the deepest depths of darkness. Sin entangled around our our heads. But when we called out to the Lord in our distress, he answered us. He He heard our cries and rescued us from that depth. And Jonah came to a place where he humbled himself and surrendered to God's will. And so we, we learned that the fish spat him out onto the land. And one of my absolute favorite Bible verses in the story, in the, in the Bible, is in this story in Jonah 3. 
And it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message I've told you. The third way that God showed mercy to Jonah was God spoke to Jonah a second time. And I don't know if you've ever felt like you've blown your chances with God. I, sometimes, I wonder if even while I was, I was preparing for this, I thought there might be somebody here that you might feel that you're living a life of missed opportunities. God is the God of the second chance. Things that he has spoken to you, dreams he's put in your heart, things that he knows he's stirred in your heart. It can seem that maybe it's just been too long. I don't deserve another chance. But just as God showed mercy to Jonah by coming a second time, speaking to him a second time, God does the same for us. So Jonah set off to Nineveh. And in Nineveh, Jonah proclaimed to the city would be overthrown. But to his surprise, the people of Jonah repented. It says they called out mightily to God from the greatest of them to the least of them. And this is an awesome verse that just speaks of what mercy is. When God saw what they they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them and did not do it. That right there is God's mercy. And this demonstrates what our chapter in This Week in Gentle and Lowly talks about. God has the right, he had the right in that moment to say to those people, no, it's too late, judgment is here. But even though God is equally perfect in justice and mercy, his heart is to show mercy. That God saw an opportunity with Nineveh to show divine mercy, and he took it. Now you might expect Jonah to be really happy with Nineveh turning from wickedness. Kind of hallelujah and, and just really excited. But when, we learned that, when he learned that God was not going to destroy Nineveh, we read in chapter 4, verse 1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Oh, he prayed, he said, Oh, Lord, is this not what you said when, when I was yet in my, in my country? He says, you know, I knew you were going to do this. I said this even from the very beginning. This is what you were going to do. I know that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting in your disaster. And his over-the-top response is, just kill me now, God. It's, it's not worth living. But how did God, how did Jonah know about God being a gracious and merciful God? Because God proclaim those very words, even right at the moment where the the Israelites had failed miserably with the golden calf, and that moment where where Moses smashed the the, the Ten Commandments, and and at that moment, that that, that moment of what seemingly was disaster and what they rightfully deserved, Moses went back up and, and got the second set of tablets, and it says that God came down in a cloud, and his words were these very words, that I am a gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love. These words echo throughout the Old Testament and new, eight and new, eight times in Nehemiah, in David, three times in different Psalms, in Joel, in Jonah, and we'll read more about that next week. But we also learn from the story that Jonah had been shown such great mercy, yet he remained angry at those who God had shown mercy. And God's response to Jonah's anger was, Do you do well to be angry? It's kind of like saying, Jonah, 
I don't think anger is the right response right now. And we too, having received such great mercy, must show mercy to others. When we carry offenses or or hold bitterness in our hearts, we're saying we have a, a right for them to be punished by us. We're withholding mercy. And God's response is like us, do you do well to be angry? We have a choice to not exercise that punishment and forgive them from the heart, expressing even a a measure of the mercy that God so mercifully gave to us. And this story of Jonah is such a clear picture of God the Father's heart of mercy in a situation that deserved judgment, both to Nineveh and to Jonah himself. Now let me finish just with a brief story from the New Testament. I wanted to kind of show God the Father in the Old Testament, and I want to show a story that shows his his mercy in the New Testament. And in John 4, there's the familiar story of Jesus and the woman at the well. And Jesus came to the town of Samaria, and he sat down at a well at the hottest part of the day. No one would gather at that time unless you were trying, wanting to kind of avoid the crowds. And there was one such woman who came, and she was a Samaritan. Not only was she from a troubled background, as we'll see, but she was also rejected as a Samaritan by the Jews. And we know the story that Jesus asked her for a drink of water, but they then began speaking to her about living water. And this woman was intrigued about this living water that you'd never thirst again. And how could she get some? And we see the story that he begins to say in verse 16 of, of John 4. It says, that God, go, call your husband and come here. And he begins, she says, I have no husband. He says, yeah, that's right. He says, you actually have five husbands. And the one that you now have is not your husband. But what you said is true. And the woman says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the, the Father. And the woman says, well, I know the Messiah is going to come, and I know that, there's a, that, that he's going to come and, and bring all these things to pass. But Jesus said, I am who you speak. I whom you're speaking about is he. And the woman's response is where she came naturally looking for this natural water. She left her water jar and went to the town. And she said, come see a man who told me all I ever did. Could he be the Christ? Now, we know that story is very familiar. I just want to catch two quick things before we land. We see, just like in the story of Jonah, that Jesus pursued the woman that others had rejected. That he set up this divine appointment. Also, that even though Jesus knew everything she ever did, all her messy life, he still offered her eternal life. He revealed himself as the Messiah, the Savior King, the promised deliverer. And her story was, he told me all that I ever did. So we see that God the Father showed great mercy to Jonah and Nineveh. And Jesus, in the New Testament, shows mercy to the woman. How can we apply this to our lives today? In, the, in this story and throughout the Old Testament and New, God echoes his heart of mercy. And Jesus coming on earth, became the living expression of that mercy and grace. And knowing God's heart is passionate to offer us mercy. Do you need fresh mercy this morning?
if you consider yourself not a Christian here, or you're struggling with your faith at the moment, if you're feeling that the deepest depths of the sea of, of despair is like your life is choking around you, maybe you feel that you've done too many wrong things to deserve his mercy. Maybe you feel you've been away from God too long. He is the God of the second chance and the third and the fourth. Maybe you think you more deserve his correction than his mercy and grace. If you don't know Jesus or you've been feeling your walk with God's been out of sorts. In our story, Nineveh just called out to God and they acknowledged their wrong and surrendered to God and God showed mercy. Like Jonah's prayer in our story, I called to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. And even right now, in the middle of our distress, the distress of our hearts, what a wonderful opportunity we have to call out to Jesus. Jesus, I need your mercy. I need your grace. I don't deserve it, but please forgive me and rescue me from from myself, rescue me from this situation. You can do that right now if you're not yet a believer. And we'd love to chat with you more about it and pray with you afterwards. And, and even we have an alpha course that's coming up that, where you can find out answers to your questions about who Jesus is and to get to know him. But for you and I as Christians, maybe at the moment we could use some fresh mercy. Maybe it feels like we're doing the opposite things to what God is what you're hearing God say. Maybe you realize that, that God hasn't let go. He's, he's actually pursuing us, trying to get our attention. And being freshly aware of the great mercy God's shown for us, are we struggling to show mercy to others? How would it change in our lives right now, our response to God, being freshly reminded that he's a gracious God of mercy, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. If for whatever reason you feel that your life is a mess, messy thoughts or messy circumstances, like that woman of the well, Jesus knows all that and offers you and I living water. So this mercy from God, Spurgeon said, there's nothing little in God. His mercy is like himself. It's infinite. You cannot measure it. His mercy is so grace, great that it forgives great sins to great sinners after great lengths of time and then gives great favor and great privileges and raises us up to great enjoyments in the great heavens of the great God. Lots of great stuff. If mercy be your friend, mercy will be with you in temptation to keep you from yielding will be with you in trouble to prevent you from sinking and and with you living to be the light and life in your circumstances and with you dying dying to be the joy of your soul when earthly comfort is ebbing fast and i think it's so fitting to realize that thought that god's eternal comfort for us when it seems on earth to be ebbing is such a significant thing for us so I'd like us just to pray, just as the, the, we're, we'll take communion in just a minute here if the band wants to come up. Let me pray for us. And even just this moment, 
just for us to just say to God, God, I so need fresh mercy from you right now. I need your mercy and your grace. Thank you that while you could equally have chosen to be just for all we've done wrong, yet in your heart you choose to be merciful and gracious. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just respond to him and just sort of just say thank you. Thank you for your mercy in our lives. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that even in this darkest moment in our hearts that you're merciful and you give us comfort and strength. And Father, we pray for those that don't yet know you, that their, that their lives feel like in the depths of the sea and with, with things tangled around their, their hearts and head. I pray, God, that they would turn to you, the merciful Savior, and bring salvation to their hearts afresh, I pray. Reveal Jesus to them, I pray. I pray that they would turn their hearts to you today, Lord God. But Father, I just want to pray that you would pour out on us your grace and mercy right now. Thank you, God, that you're very near. Thank you, God, that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You pursuing us with your great love. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone.